please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. It will be found in your pew Bibles on page 976. I'll be reading from the English version, which is the translation that Pastor West will be preaching from. Here is what the Spirit is saying to the church. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hand. Remember that you were at time, at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh. The dividing walls of hostility by abolishing the laws of commandments expressed an ordinance that he made, might create in himself one new man, in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God, and one body through the Christ, thereby killing hostility, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access in one spirit of the Father. May God understand this reading of his holy word. Let's go to the Lord. Our Lord, we thank you for your mercies to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you that he brought us peace, um, that he brought us um, to the Father that through him we have access. And Lord, I ask that you would uh, help us to uh, hear your word, help me to present it clearly. And I pray, Father, uh, that our hearts might be, might rejoice in our Lord Jesus. I pray for any who do not know the Father, that they would hear the gospel and come to him through Christ. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so without an opening illustration or much of an introduction to the sermon, I'd like to begin this morning by calling your attention to verses 12 and 18. In verse 12, Paul reminds the Gentiles that they were separated from Christ, that they were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel that they were strangers to the covenant of promise, and therefore they had no hope and were without God in the world. In other words, they were in bad shape. Um, They were lost. But by the time we come to verse 18, Paul tells them that they have access to the Father. You know, having access to the Father is the highest goal of our salvation. Forgiveness of sins, eternal life, resurrection from the dead, joy, peace, um, assurance, freedom from the bondage of sin. 
and we could go on and on. All these are simply byproducts. They are not the main thing. The grand object of our salvation is to bring us into the presence of God. Let me drive this point home by quoting a few verses. In John chapter 17, Jesus spoke of eternal life. But he says that eternal life is to know God. Listen to Jesus in John 17, 3. Uh, This is his uh, high priestly prayer to the Father. He says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Or 1 Peter 3.18, we are told that Christ died on the cross in order to bring us to God. So listen to Peter. Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might what? That he might bring us to God. And then one more verse, John chapter 14, verse 6. I assume that uh, most of you know it. You could probably quote it from memory. Uh, Jesus in John 14, 6 defines salvation as coming to the Father. So he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I have one observation that I want to make, and then I have one question that I want to pose to you before we move on to the rest of the sermon. So the observation is this. You cannot be saved without having a relationship to God. You, cannot, you, you can come to church regularly. You can uh, generously put money in the offering plate each week. You can say all the right things. You may even believe in Jesus and confess that he rose from the dead. But if you do not have a relationship with God, you cannot be saved. The good news is that God has done everything necessary for you to know him. And all you have to do is humble yourself and embrace him. And you can do that right now, uh, even as you're sitting in the pew or if you're watching the video at home, uh, whatever the case may be. He holds his arms uh, open wide to you. Like the father in the prodigal, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, as the son is returning to the father with all his shame, with all uh, the, the things that he has done wrong, with the way he has squandered his father's wealth. And his father has killed the, the, the fatted calf to throw a big party, and he begins rushing out to meet the son as the son is coming to him with all his shame. And so the father, to sinners, rushes towards sinners with his hands, with his arms open wide, In fact, I cannot imagine any reason why you would not embrace him if you have never done so. What would hold you back from the love of God and his love for you such that he would do everything necessary for your salvation? 
Now, this call to embrace God raises the question that I mentioned a couple of moments ago. And that question is this. How does one get from verse 12, where uh, we are described, we Gentiles are described as separated from God, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and being without God in the world? How do we get from verse 12 to verse 18 where it says we have access to the Father? That is a pretty wide gap. The five verses between verses 12 and 18 reveal how we can cross that gray divide. Uh, How we who were without God can have access to God. So you'll remember from last week that the underlying issue in this passage is the deep divide between Jews and Gentiles. And Christ's great purpose is to bring both of these groups to God. And he's going to bring both of these people to God as one people. He's not going to bring the Jews to God as one people. He's not going to bring the Gentiles um, to God as a separate people so that the two groups are running parallel to each other and never meet. Rather, he's going to bring these two warring factions to himself as one people. Uh, He's not going to just stop their hatred for one another. He is going to bring them together so that they love each other deeply. So that they form one body. And he's going to do that. He's going to bring them together through his own blood. So if you just want to peek at verse 13. Verse 13, but now in Christ, you who once were far away, talking about the Gentiles, have been brought near. By the blood of Christ. I ask you, how can the blood of Christ bring Jew and Gentile together? What healing powers does Christ's blood have to heal um, the irreparably broken relationships between Jew and Gentile? Well, Christ's blood... Uh, shed on the cross, accomplished two things that result in peace between Jew and Gentile. First of all, Christ brings uh, people to God by covering over their sins. It was great that Jeremy uh, had the little um, uh, illustration of the tabernacle. You know, when I first saw that, I thought, Jeremy brought a cake to church. But, uh, but a great uh, illustration there. Christ shed his blood uh, on the cross. And his blood is the atoning cover. It is what covers over our sins. Christ, when he shed his blood for his people, it covers all our sins, our past, our present, our future sins, so that God, as we learned last Sunday night from Psalm 103, he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. That is how completely covered, how completely washed our sins are through Christ. 
Uh, so both Jew and Gentile are reconciled to God by fleeing to Christ to take hold of him and take hold of his finished work on the cross. Verse 16 says this explicitly. So if you want to look at verse 16, it says, And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. I hope everyone knows that there are not two different ways for salvation, that there is only one way to God, and that is only through Jesus Christ. Uh, he lived the perfect life that humanity forfeited in Adam, uh, and because Christ lived a perfect life in, his, in the way he lived, in the manner of his thinking, in his heart desires. He never, ever sinned, and he thereby earned out the righteousness that we need in order to stand in God's presence. We stand in God's presence, not because we're good people, but only because we are covered in Christ's righteousness. And then he stepped into our place on the cross, and suffered the wrath of God in our stead. He took our sins upon himself and bore the holy justice of God that we deserve to bear. And so the Gentiles and Jews were brought together, uh, or brought to God together in Christ Jesus. And as they entrusted themselves to Christ, they were made into a new people, or uh, more accurately into a new person so if you look at the the end of verse 15 it says that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace so the jews and gentiles they have been remade they have been recreated so to speak uh they have been made into one new man which is the church, or as verse 16 calls it, one body. Jews and Gentiles are united to Christ as his body. Now to do this, Christ had to remove the ceremonial uh, and temple laws that God had established to help, Israel, to help keep Israel from becoming like the wicked nations around them. And this is the second thing that the blood of Christ accomplishes. All those sacrifices, all those clean and unclean laws, all those laws uh, governing the worship in the temple, um, all of those pointed to Jesus Christ. And once Christ submitted himself to that awful death on the cross, he fulfilled everything that those laws pointed to. So the ceremonial laws, the temple laws, they were removed and abolished because they were no longer needed. They simply were the shadow pointing to the reality, which was Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul means in verse 15 when he speaks of the laws or the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. So with that explanation... Uh, listen to verses 13 through 16. So Paul says, 
But now in Christ, you, talking about the Gentiles who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both the Jews and the Gentiles one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. Uh, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So that's a mouthful. That's what I've been trying to explain, what was happening there. Now the Jews and Gentiles are one body. They are the body of Christ. And this was God's intention all along. Even when God called Abraham to be the father of the Israelite nation, God promised through Abraham that all nations of the earth would be blessed. And so it's my belief that God's promises in Christ are centered in the church. Paul is teaching that there are no longer two peoples of God, but only one. I hold that there's no future then for the Jewish nation that is separate or different from that of the Gentile Christians. In fact, I, I look to Romans chapter 11 uh, for confirmation of my view, even though it is commonly taught that Romans 11 teaches just the opposite. Uh, this is a view that I hold very firmly, but not a view over which I would break fellowship. So I think it teaches Christ uh, has made the two into one body. So Christ has reconciled the Jews and Gentiles by giving them the same salvation through his shed blood on the cross and by removing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances, thereby bringing them into the body of Christ, which is the church. But we have not yet addressed the question of how this um, reconciled people, the Jews and the Gentiles, now have access to the Father. Because it's a, it's a wide gap from being separated from Christ, being without God, without hope. And now in verse 18, it says that we have access to the Father. Uh, the issue of reconciling Jew to Gentile, well, that was a relatively easy issue to solve. But the larger issue of reconciling sinners to a holy God is infinitely greater. And I've already addressed this issue at the beginning of the sermon. You are reconciled to God only through the cross of Christ. But there is no other way to God because you must have your sins forgiven. You must have your sins wiped away. You must have the righteousness of God that, he gives, that Christ gives to you as a free gift. You must have a new heart and a, and a new life that Christ purchased on the cross. You know how they say that it, it, in the South anyway, in Georgia anyway, they say you can't go anywhere on Delta Airlines unless you go through the Atlanta airport. Uh, and this is obviously an exaggeration. But it is absolutely true 
that you cannot have a relationship with God unless you go through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And though you have access, and through Christ, you have access to God. Through Christ, you may go into God's presence. In Christ, you may call um, God your Father. Through Christ, you may approach Him as easily and as confidently as a child rushes to his father or to his mother. You can enjoy your relationship with God here on earth. You do not need to wait to get into heaven to enjoy that relationship. It is an awesome thing to recognize that God did everything necessary for you to have access to him, to be able to come to him, to have a relationship with him. The most awesome thing, the mind-blowing thing, is that God the Father gave his own son so that sinners like us might have access to him. And the, the word access here is the same word for like making an introduction. It's not just that you have a way to him, but that Christ gives you an introduction to the Father. He brings you from your spiritual death, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. He runs you through the cross and everything that Christ accomplished. He gives you new birth, makes you alive in him so that you are brought to the Father. Everything that you need, Christ has done. And the Father willingly gave his Son up to the cross that you might have that access. Don't leave here this morning without a relationship with God. Don't leave here this morning without coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting in Him and going through Him to have that relationship with the Father, even as we pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you for reconciling sinners reconciling Jews and Gentiles into one body. And we, along with those Gentiles, are reconciled um, in, the, in the body of Christ. And we have access by your Spirit to the Father. Oh Lord, I, I pray that you would encourage the downhearted. There are many Christians who struggle with assurance. There are many who do not realize the high privilege, who do not realize what you gave in order that we might have a relationship with you. Encourage them, Lord. And for any who do not know Jesus Christ, any who do not have a relationship with you through Christ, bring them powerfully and lovingly to yourself today, we ask. In Christ's name, amen.